Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Something Wicked podcast. I'm joined with uh, my normal co-host, Rob, who wasn't here last week due to uh, moving. Moving house. <laughs> uh, and so basically what we're going to do is reiterate on what we were talking about last week with Jason. Uh, big thank you to Jason again for filling in for our Rob. Uh, so yeah, I just want to know how you got into cinema, Rob. Well, if I look back at it, I think my earliest, earliest memory of, of film in general, I think it was The Goonies. I think it was, I'm going to say, between the mid-late 80s. So I think it was about 1988, maybe, 1987, perhaps. And um, I remember just on TV, was this movie, basically. And it was, you know, obviously, we all know what The Goonies is. And we've all seen it you know, many times. And I was just, like, just in awe of it. And I just could not stop watching it. And we didn't have a video player at the time. So we, I saw it and I was just like, couldn't stop thinking about it to what I remember. And I think longer down the line, like I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm still thinking about this movie and I'm not too sure how I got it, but I watched it again and I watched it again and again and again. And I just fell in love with this film, you know, this movie. It's a great movie to fall yeah, in love with. Yeah, it was, you know, I mean, I suppose it's everybody's, every young lad or, or girl dream to have a group of friends like that. And they were just, you know, I focused on them so much and I was thinking, and you know, the, the story, the music, the direction, I wasn't really thinking about direction at my age, but at that age, but I was just watching it thinking, you know, the movies are magic. And that led me onto many other films of that kind of caliber, you know, The Monster Squad, Lost Boys. Great films. Um, and then, you know, even on into the 90s when I watched films like The Sandlot. Have you ever have you heard of The Sandlot? I have, yeah, yeah. The baseball movie. Though I don't know anything about baseball, but I remember watching these movies and just connecting them to The Goonies. And just a group of friends coming yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. The Goonies was my first ever interaction with um, a film that had an impact on me because it made a difference to how I thought about you know, I realised from a young age, you know, I mean, all young kids love film, but I really did think about film a lot. And then it made me want to go to the video shop for my dad, and he would always take me. And I just sometimes just stand in front of all these, you know, um, like these, these walls with all the fixtures and fittings of the VHS and the VHS cover. Most films, as you know, from that era, some of them weren't actually quite good. They were just, you know, the posters, the, the artwork was... That's what drew you to it, that yeah. was it, the art. And I, I miss that, because I wish that was happened a lot more now, because nowadays I think film artwork is quite poor. But back then, it just, you know, it would, you would watch these movies because the artwork drew, drew you in. And I remember the Goonies artwork on the VHS, the, the Warner Home video, um, they were like library case uh, video cassette tape um, boxes. And I was just mesmerised by them. And that made me want to be... That made me get into more films because of that concentration. The um, VHS of the Goonies, is that the same as it is on, say, the DVD and Blu-ray, where it's Josh Brolin holding on to the rock and then you've got the rest of them? That's the original poster by right. Drew Struzan, uh, who, was, who he, did, he did most of the posters of um, Indiana Jones. Um, he did, I suppose um, you can see that, can't you, in the sort of like the way the Goonies and... The Indiana Jones posters yeah, all like... Yeah, if you look closely at the illustrations, you'll notice, it's like, he did Hook, he did, um, he did a lot of Spielberg yeah. movies, and um, he did way beyond that. He did, he did John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, nice. the man yeah, yeah. in the coat and the, the shine, that's Drew, that's Drew Struzan. And like I say, he was like, he was the man who basically made us look at films in a different way, and his, his um, actual um, 
illustration of the Goonies, like you just said, with yeah. Josh Brolin. That is a massive memory in my head. That's yeah. not on the front cover of the VHS. It's okay. on the back. That's what's on the front. It's just the uh, DVD cover now, okay. which is the um, all the kids with like they're all standing with the treasure. Of course, the one-eyed yeah. treasure, and, and you've got the Fratellis on each side. I think it's just the mother, um, the mama Fratelli on, on the side, and the rest is just the guys, you know, the group, all just looking in, you know, what we're going to do next. Um, but that was the um, the first impact I had in movies that I remember. Here's a question for you, a bit off topic, but who in the Goonies, who do you relate to the most when you were a kid? Who do you thought that's me? Because obviously, um, I'm a chunk. I'm a chunk, man. <laughs> I was, the, I was the guy that um, was, was fat and funny. I was happy about that. But I mean, this sounds quite boring, but I probably was... I mean, I'm not saying the character was boring, but I probably related to Mikey more. Okay. Because Mikey was the... Um, he is the lead of the Goonies. Yeah, the fact that And it's not that I'm... That I, can communicate, that I can relate to being a leader, but I can relate to being very carefree. Yes. No, 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 sorry, not carefree. Um, being cautious. He's yeah, cautious. he's very... On everything, like, wasn't he? Corey yeah. Feldman's mouth, he was... You know, he was just... You know, he, he was just... Just hit... He was just basically, he would walk into any fire there was. Yeah, yeah. Data was the, obviously, um, he would just jump into any situation because he was a bit of a stunt man because he just loved all his... Um, he invented stuff as well, he, didn't he? He was a gadget man, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And um, But Mikey, it's, it's like uh, the tur- t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When I used to watch that as a kid, people would always talk about their favourite um, turtle. And people would always say Michelangelo because he's funny. Right. Donatello. Raph Raph was basically the hard man, yeah, he yeah. was the tough turtle, but I was always Leonardo, okay. he was my favourite, and he's the boring one. He's, he's the blue turtle, Leonardo. He's the, blue t- yeah, he's the leader, yeah. he's the one with the samurai yeah, on, samurai his, on, on his back. Is. And it wasn't because he had samurai on his back, it was because I just generally loved the fact how cautious he was. I, he was basically like, you know, he, was, he would stand back and question things, Raphael would be going into He'd war. He'd run in, wouldn't he, head yeah. first, yeah. And I was never like that, I'm not saying I'm boring. Um, but he was very much the Leonardo, like Mikey. They were the cautious characters that I like related to more than anyone. It's very interesting. I got into film, but more interesting than me. I just sat in the hallway and watched it. Watched it. The Exorcist. What was your what, what was your first film that you remember? My first film I remember would be Babe. The pig. Babe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, according to my mum and dad, after because after I did this, I mentioned Babe, yeah. uh, and apparently, I, I uh, worn out the VHS of Babe, like it literally just fell apart. I watched it that much. Uh, my mum said it was like three, four times a day we watched it, uh, which it still stands up today. I'm Babe Pig in the City. That film is spot on. I've, I've, um, I've never seen the, the sequel or, oh, the, or, or the original. Oh, you're missing out. The, the original was massively. It was. Um, it, it was. In, it was nominated. The best picture at the Oscars. Really? I didn't know that. Because like, last time I watched Babe or Babe Pig in the City, I was, I was a child. I tried yeah, to yeah. buy it for my son, but he was having none of it. Um, so yeah, that, that, I didn't know he was nominated for an Oscar. Well, I remember when it came out because I was a massive fan of Braveheart and that right. was the lead front runner to win the Oscars that year. And it did, it won Best Director, Best right. Picture. But Babe was this like, sort of like, you know, outside. Um, yeah, competitive. Comp- comp- competition. Comp- and everyone was talking about it, saying, oh, yeah, Babe might win because, you know, it's touched everyone's hearts. And I thought, hang on, I don't want to pick beating <laughs> William Wallace here. Not having that. But luckily, that never happened. I don't so. know. It's, uh, I know but, William Wallace and William Wallace, Braveheart's very, but Babe, Babe is a spot-on film. You are making me want to watch Babe now. So. You, I will have to. We'll have to have, like, a double bill one night. We'll watch Brave, Braveheart and Babe, and we'll compare the two. Compare. I imagine Braveheart's going to win by a landslide. In 1995... Um, what was it? Competitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Competition. 
Um, so we'll move on to our next subject, which is a stab one, uh, which is obviously the passing of yeah. Dave Prowse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, mine's just gone blank. What's the guy from? I actually don't remember his full name. I know it's Hugh. <laughs> it's Hugh. My yeah. mind went completely blank with that one. The man from Mad Max. Yeah, so Toker and the yeah, Morton Joe, yeah. which I always thought was pretty cool that he like came back and done. And I never. I think when I saw Fury Road. I came out of the cinema buzzing. Yep. I just loved it. I thought it was like groundbreaking cinema for its time, from, you know, in modern terms. Oh yeah. Um, well, like um, you said, it won six Oscars, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It won um, mostly technical ones, but, but, but to be, but to even be like, um, I think it was nominated for best director. I think it was nominated for best picture. I'm convinced it was. Yeah, I would have said it's a beautiful film, isn't it? Like, so yeah, it's practical when you look at everything they did because everything's yeah. practical effects as well, isn't it? Which is cool. When I first heard about it, I, I just wasn't like at yeah. all convinced it was going to be anything, any Mad Max film without Mel Gibson. Are you, a, you were a fan of the original then? Yeah, Road, right. Road Warrior is one of my favourite yeah. movies. I mean, I remember along with the Goonies, this is going back to the Goonies now, yeah. Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome, the third film, that was, a, that also was a big movie at the time for me. Tina Turner is in that, yeah. right? Yeah, she's, she's the woman that runs the Thunderdome. Yeah, she's like a bit of a, a bit of a, like, she is a, she is the villain. No. An anti-hero? Anti-hero, yeah, yeah. yeah, because she's she's got a soft spot for Max. Yes, yeah, so I've not watched that film in a long time. I've watched the other two quite frequently, yeah. but I always miss out Thunderdome. Not because I don't like it, it's just it's, Thunderdome's a bit more comedy yeah. than the yeah. other two, isn't it's it? More, it's more lighthearted. It's when I think they wanted to sort of take the original Mad Max, yeah. one and two, they sort of, they were more like quite, you know, um, indie movies, really. Yeah. The first yeah. one especially. And then I think by this time, Mel Gibson's name had risen in Hollywood yeah. and they wanted to make it a bit more commercial yeah. with, um, and hence I think why Tina Turner came in. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Thunderdome. Yeah. I yeah. get people aren't, but when I look back at Mad Max, I think about Toe Cutter. Yes. There was no, you know, those villains were perfect because there oh, was- hundred percent, yeah. Because there was no real, um, how would you put it? There, there, there was no real, the, the look on the, um, the likes of um, Bruce Spence in, um, I think it's Bruce Spence. Uh, no, um, I can't remember his name now, but the the, vil the main guys in, the bad guys in um, Mad Max 2. Okay, Wes. Wes is one called Wes, the one with the mohawk. Yes, right? yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's I called Wes. I'm trying to think what his name is, but, um, but Bruce Spence, I think, was in the, uh, was in the second, was in the, he's in one of those films. <laughs> um, it's definitely a film. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but if you watch um, the first film, the bad guys in that movie, Toe Cutter, they're, they're so straightforward, like they're just menacing. Yeah, well, a quick question again, same subject, but for you, who do you prefer, Morton Joe or Toe Cutter? Because I, I love the character Toe Cutter, I just think, because he's like that kind of evil, but he's a really good yeah. dick at the same time. He doesn't sort of like, the thing is with Morton Joe, he, he is, you know, he is a pantomime villain. Yeah, he's got he the doesn't voice. say much either, no. which I don't like. He's got that, but when he does yeah. speak, he's got the voice and stuff. I think they leave, you know, I'm more, yeah. in Fury Road, I was more fascinated by the, um, oh God, that's a question. The, uh, <laughs> the War Boys. Okay, yeah, um, with Nicol Nicholas Fingy. Holt. Holt yeah. plays, yeah. And yeah. Um, those were the characters I was focused on because that was like looking at Lord of the Flies in yes, Mad yeah. Max world. Because they were brainwashed, basically, weren't yeah, they? they were, they were just like, you know, these, these um like they were just so you know they're perfect you know they were pretty much painted white yeah they had the, the eyeliner in black and then they all had skinheads and they were just like you could focus on them like you know it's like a foot clan yeah um yeah. of in, in, in the mad max universe but um but yeah it's it's i don't shamelessly don't remember much else what um hugh made but 
I do remember. But those two films alone are yeah, big. Yeah, those are like, the movies he will always be remembered like, yeah. for, and uh, I'm rightly so. Well, well, Mad Max 1 is, the, um, is where Lee Wan Allen, James Wan, got the idea for Saw 4, wasn't it? Where, at the end, where he chucks the... He says, it's, you'll get free with your foot quicker than you will the chain. Right, And okay. that's where they got the idea I did, from. I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, I watched the documentary that. with uh, James Wan. He said, yeah, because obviously they're both okay. Australian, aren't they? Yes. And yes, they, course, they were yeah, watching yeah. it one day, and that's where they got the idea for Saw yeah. 1. So without Mad Max and obviously Hugh's um, input, we'd, we wouldn't have Saw, really. No. Which is um, always, yeah. But like I say, it's when you um, look back at those movies now, you know, like I say, it's always the same, isn't it? Whenever you... Um, whenever someone you admire for many years yeah. in film, and then you sort of don't think about them for a while because you know, there's so many films and characters to look at. Yeah. And then suddenly um, they pass away. You just, you're just like everyone else on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. They're just focused on these actors and what they did for us with memories and you know, the characters they created. I remember the first time I watched Mad Max and I've, possibly younger than, no, I was definitely younger than 10, and I did not expect them to kill the mother and child. No. Because no. that bit's very, you're watching it, you're like, oh, they're going to swerve around yeah. her, or they're going to kidnap her. Yeah. No, straight over them. My, my, straight um, over them. My, my introduction to Mad Max 1 was through Mad Max 2, because okay. of the, the, opening, um, the opening scene where it sort of takes you through the time, how, it, how Australia and the world has become how it is now, and they show you about, you know, there was once a warrior called Max, and then they show you the scenes from Mad Max 1. That was the first time I ever saw that. Right. And I didn't really realise, because um, I knew that at the time, Mad Max was, it was just called The Road Warrior to me. And then my dad said, no, you need to watch Mad Max 1. So I did, and I didn't really like Mad Max 1 to start with, because I think, from my age at the time, it seemed a bit dated. One, I only started with Mad Max 2, so I was comparing it. Mad Max 2 is a bit more fun than Mad Max yeah. 1, isn't it? It's a bit more like yeah. light-hearted, because like I said, that bit yeah, when the, yeah. the wife could, it's a really young child as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I know a lot of the horror films today, kid, kids are game, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. It doesn't matter kind of thing, but back then, I imagine, you know, mowing down they, a, a woman and a child, like that was a big thing. They did, um, like I say, they, they definitely um, tried something, and... Um, it worked. It worked, <laughs> yeah, because, like I say, it started off a franchise that is so renowned yeah. now. But not now, because like, you mentioned this the other day, because um, we, we, we spoke about you. Uh, so let's go on to Dave Prowse. Yeah. And I believe that you've met David Prowse. Yeah, um, it was about, I think it was five, six years ago. It was at Comic Con, when okay. Wales Comic Con actually was in Wales. Which was in Wrexham. Yeah, it was yeah. in Wrexham at the time. Now um, it's in Telford. It's in Telford. Wales Comic Con, Telford Takeover. Yeah, but it's in I think eventually <laughs> it will transfer over to Telford Comic Con, not Wales. Okay, it makes um, sense. But I suppose it's a brand, isn't it? So they have, to, uh, they have to keep it at that for a while. But I met David Prowse there. And um, to be honest with you, like sometimes when I meet um, someone at Comic Con, I don't know really what to say to them. I don't want to talk to them about the films they're most famous for. I'll think about a movie that they've been in before, other than the one they're most, re they're most remembered for, and I will try and, um, try and get some information and just some background on that movie in particular, but Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> and to be fair, I thought to myself, I'm not, I've not really got a lot to say, because what can I say to David Prowse, you know, who's basically, you know, who plays the villain of probably, the biggest villain in any franchise of all time? What would be the point in really trying to... I just didn't have anything to say. No. I, I, I was kind of blank, because he is a massive figure. I mean, he, though he was sat down, I'd seen him walking around um, before I met him. And I just thought, you know, 
Yeah, bloody hell, that's Darth Vader, you know. And yeah, he isn't the voice of Darth Vader, that's James Earl Jones, but... Mufasa. That, yeah. <laughs> and um, King Joffrey Jofa, ruler of Zamunda. Um, but he is, he is, um, but he has that presence, that towering yeah. presence. And without that, Darth Vader doesn't exist. No. Oh. And um, so I met him very briefly. I just said, you know, basically like I do to most Comic-Con guests, thanks for the memories. And um, I asked for a picture. Um, he didn't really say much. And to believe it or not, every Star Wars actor that I've met who are, I'd say, 65 plus, have never been very responsive. I met Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2. Yeah, and he, he didn't he's also it. passed away, hasn't he? Yeah, sadly yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But he didn't say a word either. I suppose they've had like 30 plus years of people going, you're in Star Wars. Yeah, but when I met <laughs> Kenny Baker, I was, to, I was talking to him, I was talking to him about, I wanted to meet him for Time Bandits because Great film. he played Fidget in Time Bandits and I was like, you know, it's Fidget in Time Bandits and he's got, it's a talking role, but um, obviously he probably thought I was, I mean, I did slide in my, um, my Time Bandits steelbook. Um, which was released by Arrow Video, and, um, and I'm like any collector, I suppose. I was very, you know, when you've got a steelbook, you want to look after it. Yes. And I gave him, I said, I w- it was quite embarrassing when I met him. My friends were behind me, they were laughing, and I was saying, hi, Kenny, can you sign this for me? He didn't say a word, and then he sort of signed it, this, this time by the steelbook, and then he looked up, didn't say a word, and I went, cheers, Kenny. And then he sort of tossed the steelbook across the table. And I was like, Jesus, you know, no. How dare you? Yeah, that's rare, <laughs> that is. And then I went, I got it, I went, bye, Kenny. And then I laughed. Oh. And that was it. My friends were behind me laughing. It's still, we still talk about it to this day. But that was my interaction with all Star Wars actors that I would say were over 65. Because yeah. they just didn't, not care, they do care. They've been doing it a long time. Exactly. Yeah. They're probably pros. They are pros. Yeah. But I'm meeting someone like me was probably just like, just another guy. <laughs> Steelbook. But yeah. But I got a, um, I got a poster um, signed by, um, sorry, I got a poster by an artist called Paul Shipper. Okay. And Paul Shipper is, um, he's done art, he's gone on to do artwork for The Last Jedi. The Rise of Skywalker, um, Ready Player One. So he's worked with yeah. some, and he's done a lot of work for Screen Factory. Cool. He's done Army of Darkness. Um, I think he did. Um, there was another film. I can't remember. He's done many. Um, yeah. Oh, he did Escape from New York, uh, Screen Factory. Sweet. So he is, you know, really well renowned, and he's, he's local. He's, you know, he's from the UK, and I met him, and um, he had a great Empire Strikes Back poster. So I bought that just so David Prowse could sign it, because it it's got a great image of, um, of Darth Vader in the corner. So I got um, David Prowse to sign it. And that was my experience with him, basically. Very cool. Very I thought, cool. Yeah, it was, um, it's, it's, you know, I suppose at, at, at their age, I suppose time comes on now where you think, you know, like Sean Connery recently, the greats are starting yeah. to go. Yeah. Makes us feel old as well, because these people, are st- the people that we looked up to are starting to go. What was your favourite Sean Connery film? Off topic, I know, but with the Last um, Crusade. Tricky one. Um, I, I love him in The Last Crusade. Okay. In Dinner Jones. I mean, he's not even the lead star. It's still Harrison, but I, I just love that movie. I loved him in The Untouchables, but again, he's not the lead. That's Kevin Costner. Um, I am. Um, I've only ever watched this film once, and I, is it called Zardos, where he wears the red thong? Just for that one scene where he's just got like a red thong under the two pistols, it always blows my mind. I've only. They must have literally thrown. Like, a, like literally a suitcase full of cash on that because <laughs> I've only watched that film recently because my okay. friend bought it for me, bought it, a steelbook of it for my birthday. 
and I watched it, and I, I had no idea what I was watching. And I think if I was basically, if I, I think if I watched it in the eighties, I would have appreciated it. I'm a big fan of its director, John Borman. Okay. And um, he he directed Excalibur, and um, other, like uh, he directed Deliverance. Cool. And um, I wish, like you know, um, I probably I wish I saw that a bit younger because I think I think some films do look. Are dated at certain ages. Well, uh, Jason, who was our guest last week, he's yeah. a massive Zard. Okay. Like, and that's why I watched it because he was like, Charles, listen, Sean Connery, don't know why this, this made me watch like, Sean Connery, Red Thong, Two Pistols. I was like, you had me at Thong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I watched it and you're hooked was, now, you're <laughs> hooked, focused on that one thing. <laughs> so I watched it and it's, yeah, I, I quite like it. It's not, again, it's, it's very dated, I think, as I, well. I, like I said, I, th- I think definitely it's, it's like in film, it's revolutionary. Yes, you know, it's, yeah, it's very good. I like it. It changes, you know, yeah. the game, really, because let's face it, how many films were like that at the time? Yeah. I, I don't, you know, for all the movies I know about, that's not, that's not a film I can compare to many. But um, but no, Connery he did he did like the Hunter of Red October, Doctor Classic, yeah. um, The Rock, The Rock. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's easy to say James Bond, but I've only <laughs> ever seen two James Bond films with Sean Connery. Yeah, which was Doctor No and Film Russian with Love. Never, like I, I told you beforehand, I never, never watched. Chaz never yeah, seen never a watched James a James Bond, Bond film. film. Yeah. If I, if I if I if I was to watch a James Bond film, to be fair, again this goes to do with films being dated. Roger Moore's my favourite. Okay. Um, James Bond. Is he one? Uh, no, I was going to one. Uh, James Bond was born there, right, in Colman Bay. Is that Timothy Dalton? Timothy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. so I was off he, topic again. He, but there we go. He only did uh, yeah. two. And, those, and do you know what? Those are two great films. He's in Hot Fuzz as well. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> um, he's Flash Gordon. Yeah. Um, he, 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 Living Daylights and License to Kill. Those films for me, like everyone was going crazy for Daniel Craig when um, Casino Royale came out saying, oh, it's a gritty Bond. But if you go back and watch Timothy Dalton in License to Kill. Yeah. Benicio del Toro and Robert Davi, they were the villains. Um, they that that is a gritty Bond movie, yeah. and it wasn't. I don't think it was well received. I think people liked their Bond films, like the Roger Moore ones. And I get, I get that because you know they like him suave, don't they? Like a lady killer. Yeah, the man with the golden gun, Moonraker. They're silly, but they're great because all the gadgets and, the, and you know you've got the likes of Jaws in it and things like yeah. that. I mean, um, as a man that's never watched a Bond film, if you tell me to watch one, which one would you tell me to watch? If you want to get me hooked, which one would you say watch that? Do you know what? I'd say, and it probably doesn't sound to any Bond fan <laughs> watching, I'd say go with Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. Okay, who's <laughs> James Bond at the moment? Yeah, because that movie is like, it, it feels like a prequel to who James Bond becomes. Because, you know, that movie isn't all, you know, it was, it, it was basically, it rebooted the franchise because at the time, you know, I think it was Pierce Brosnan dying of the day, which I actually liked. Okay. But a lot of people weren't a fan of it. It didn't do too. Oh, I think it did all right in the box office, but I don't think it did the numbers that Most you expect Bond of films Bond. do. So when um, they released um, Casino Royale, they really wanted it to be from the beginning. That's how it felt. And then, right. like for example, not to spoil it, I won't, um, I won't tell you actually. I was going to say, is this how it works? You tell me to watch one and tell me. But you know what? You'll watch it and you won't think of it like a Bond film because okay. even though we all. If you've seen Bond films before, you watch it, you'll think to yourself, yeah, this is a Bond film. You see all these Bond things about it. But I think if you've never watched one, it's a yeah. good one to go into. Cool. It's got plenty going on. And, um, th- th- and the film after it, called Quantum of Solace, but, like, the first 20 minutes of that film, to me, is one of the best Bond films that I've That one seen. with Mab Mickelson, is he in that one? Or is he he, in he's in Casino one? Royale. Okay, sweet. I knew um, he was in a, a recent one. Yeah, he's in Casino Royale, and um, he's, the, he's the, the main villain in that. But when... 
I watched Quantum of Solace. The film itself is not too good, but the first 20 minutes are, to me, some of the best Bond things going on. And, um, but I would stick with Casino Royale first. If I, was, I think, I mean, it might make you want to go watch the rest of them. Okay. But I think Casino Royale, because, because it's a modern film as well, you'll, have, you'll, you'll be more Good focused to dip on it. Good in. Dip my toe yeah, in. Yeah, and then I think by the end of it, if you were to go on to watch another one after that, if you thought, okay, this is quite good, because Skyfall is a really big film, but right. maybe go on to, um, like, I don't know, maybe the Timothy, like, Living Daylights. Or, I don't know, Goldeneye. Well, okay. Because Gold, do you remember the, the N64 Goldeneye game? No. Well, that was, <laughs> that was, that was like... I've heard my brother playing it, yeah, but I didn't really It was the perfect game it. for its time. Yeah. I, I remember it. My friend recently watched Goldeneye. I think it was his first time. But he, and he thought it was an okay film, but he enjoyed it much more because of the N64 game. Yeah. So I think people played that game before they saw the film. And that, again, that kind of, that, that movie with Pierce Brosnan, that kind of rebooted that franchise. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm going, to bring, I'm going to bring us back now because we were talking about David Prowse. We went on a tandem, Rob. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, um, yeah. I found something interesting. I you probably knew this because you, you, you could like to read into film, but I didn't know this. Did you know he was in A Clockwork Orange? I know he... To be honest, I've seen... It, it's Orange. not much of a... Much, it's like a cameo more yeah. than anything. He's the guy... Uh, I think he's billed as Julian. Yeah. And he's the big guy at the end sitting at the table, you know, when he goes back to the house yeah. where, he, where Alex DeLarge did the, the rape and the singing in the rain scene. It's been um, so yeah. long since I saw Clockwork Orange. I know he's in it. Yes. But I do yeah. not, if someone told me the scene, yeah. I could not tell I you. did not know, like, because when you look at a picture, he's got like long hair and he's got like, a flowery yeah. top on. And they say, oh, that's Darth Vader. The funny thing, when people talk about Prowse, they, they, Prowse, they always talk, obviously, Vader, but they will always talk about the Green Cross Code Man as well. That, well, that's, I was just about to get on to that. When I, when I was young and I used to be quite into Star Wars, yeah. my dad was like, that's not Darth Vader, that's the Green Cross yeah, Code, yeah. man. I've, and I was like, what's that? He was enough, um, he was menacing enough to pull off, um, well, <laughs> to make people cross the road, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it, like I say, it is a sad loss. And again, like I say, you know, it makes you appreciate the, um, the people, these actors and actresses that have um, come and gone, because once they, once they go, like I say, it makes you reflect. Yeah. On their, their body of work. And well, he, he was also he also played uh, Frankenstein's monster in a couple of uh, right, okay. Frankenstein films. He oh, was the monster. Yeah, um, I'm not sure uh, if I don't think they were, but I'm going to say they are. Just as, I think they might have been Hammer films, but don't hold me to that. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's that era. It, 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 it is that era. That, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like 50s. He played it. Um, okay. I might be wrong, um, but I think it is that. Oh, but yeah, he looks great in the role, which I, I thought was uh, in our Q and A with uh, Spencer Wilding. Go watch that. Um, he well, we did the the correlation is that he was Darth Vader and played Frankenstein's monster in Victor Frankenstein. I thought that was a cool correlation that he was playing the monster that and is, Darth Vader. That was a good. Character. I thought that was really cool yeah. that to be yeah. honest, when I because I was going through some of Dave Prowse's um, credits on IMDb and I thought that was really cool that yeah definitely that, so like uh, yeah um, uh, our last topic is um, obviously uh, the current state of. Cinemas, cinemas and things like that. and obviously we uh, we volunteer here in the lovely little theatre in Rill. Um, and yeah, you just wanted to talk about maybe the, the things that happened with Warner Brothers and stuff, didn't you? And yeah, yeah, so I'll let you so take the floor on this one, Rob. So Warner Brothers, as people will know, have announced that all their films that are going to be released during 2021 are going to be simultaneously released in the theatres and on HBO Max at the same time. 
Okay. So HBO Max is not actually in the UK. Um, hopefully it will be, but I don't think there's no there, there's no word about it. Like HBO's a, an American thing though, isn't it? Yeah, HBO did um, Game of Thrones, right. Sopranos. Um, they do all the big shows. Right. And they are part of the Warner Brothers um, collection and um, connection. And basically, with what we do here, so obviously in this cinema here, we show, um, Chad shows the horror movies, I show like more of the sci-fi sort of cult movies, like, you know... Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Um, I will go, you know, delve into a bit of horror at the same time. Chad will work on that. We're I mean, a team, Rob. We'll work We're together, exactly. And then the other members of Wicked, they will do the kids' movies. So obviously cinema for us is a big part of yep. what we do here. And um, so to hear this news is not great because we know this is happening in America. So HBO Max, like I say, does not exist here. And there's been no mention of it. Like when Disney Plus came to, was starting off in the US, yeah. we knew the date it was coming here pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple of months if that, wasn't it? Exactly, I think it was, um, I'm not too sure how long, but yeah, something like that. So is that. HBO Max um, launched, it's, it's out? It's out in America. Okay. Um, it's all the Warner Brothers titles, and um, they also have um, access to the Criterion Collection, which is quite a yeah. renowned collection yeah. of um, you know, different types of movies. Some, some big movies, but there are some art house films in there which are very popular. But, um, but HBO have a deal, I think, with Sky in the UK. So if anything, if all these movies get released in the cinemas in the UK, they'll maybe go on to Sky. Or, but in, in America, they're going to go straight up to H um, HBO straight away. And that is a worrying thing for cinemas because it's basically people will think to themselves, well, you know, I don't know what the subscription is for HBO Max in America, but it will be a lot cheaper than a cinema ticket. Yes. So you've got to think about things like petrol costs, food, families will find it easier. I mean, the films that Warner Brothers are releasing next year are Suicide Squad 2, The Matrix 4. Oh, wow. um, there are a lot of films, like big movies that are coming out that are going to take, that should, that should be seen in the cinema. And hopefully film fans will feel safe enough to go to the cinema and support you know, their local, um, local multiplexes. But the only thing is, if they don't, and they stay home and watch HBO Max, or in our case, Sky, if they go yeah. down that route. Well, they put a lot of the uh, HBO stuff on Sky Atlantic over here, don't they? That's it. They well, put Game of Thrones, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Sky Atlantic are pretty much like HBO Max, yeah. um, to a certain degree, but they will affect cinema, um, cinema attendance. Yeah. And if you've got no one coming to a cinema, then you've got no cinema. Exactly. So, which, is, which is a horrible thought, because I love going to the yeah. cinema. I think... I think I read somewhere that I think it's only happening for a year. This is only happening, it's not forever. Right. But I think as time goes by, other studios like Universal, even the likes of Blumhouse. Depend, depends how much money comes free exactly. from it, innit? It's all about profit. If, if it works, if the module works, they will definitely do it. But the only problem is, is that, you know, the main thing about watching films, the first time you want to see a film, films are always different on a big screen. Even if, if you watch them in, on like a screen like this even, they look good, yeah. but on the big screen they're even better. They make films actually look better. Well, well it, for instance, whilst we're talking about it, um, I tried to watch Blade Runner a few years ago and you said to me, Chad, listen, it's a completely different thing when it's on the big screen. And I watched it and now I can safely say I'm a, I'm a Blade Runner fan. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I went out the next day and brought the DVD, I sent you a picture, yeah. I was like, yeah. I brought it, Rob, yeah. and now it's in my collection. I've watched it again yeah. since. And all because, like you said, it, it's the atmosphere, isn't it, of where yeah. you are, the, the noises, the people in the room. It is a different experience watching a movie on the big screen. And that, and like I say, if, if they take that away from us, 
then really, you know, it takes away the magic of watching movies. But yeah. you need to really have it still. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't, then, like I say, it, it, it just takes away the, the fun side of being a movie fan, like yeah. you know, yourself. Yeah. And like I say, it could affect the likes of what we do here. Yeah. Or maybe it might, I don't know, perk up interest because cinemas are so rare these days to go to because it's been so long since COVID began. Well, it's been nearly a year. It sounded really old then, Rob. No, but it's it does. So because, 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 it's, because it feels so long since we've all done something normal. Yes, I know what you mean. I um, and then once you sort of like, you know, get to, you want to go out and do all the things you, you sort of, you did before and some things you never did yeah. before because, you know, you've got the right to go and do it now. So it'd be interesting to see what happens next. I hope, you know, the studios and the cinemas can come Yeah, to I hope it's not forever. No, no, don't forget. I mean, imagine watching Avatar, the new Avatar films. There's three sequels coming in. It might be four. Imagine watching them on a 20, I don't know, 30, 40 inch <laughs> screen. They're meant for the big screen. They, were, they, they, they are made for that reason. Watching it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> imagine Christopher Nolan, you know, what he's thinking. His films are IMAX. Yeah. Know. He's not going to want anyone watching his next movie on a tablet. Yeah. So I totally understand the frustration for film fans because, you know, like many industries that are suffering right now, it's just a scary time. But I think once it starts, there'll be a bit of clarity for a lot of people. But because around here, Cineworld's shut, isn't it? Cineworld's closed. Yeah. We've got views. Is, is that for good? Is Cineworld no, gone? No, or? I think it's just temporary until they, until okay. you know, things calm down. And then the View Cinema in the in real, hopefully yeah. that will reopen. But they're not good, not as good as us. Well, we no, are the bomb. No, no, they are. We are, the, they we are, are good. They are our friends, yeah. of course. Um, yes. Yeah. But, um, Friendly competition. Of wrong. course, of course. <laughs> but um, I mean, they even show old films. And you they went do. to watch. Yeah, Nightmare I watched The Nightmare on Elm Street and Psycho. Yeah. Uh, and I also went and watched The Shining. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one. But I, oh no, I didn't fall asleep. It was Evil Dead. Yeah. I think I fell asleep afterwards because no one was in there. I saw. I saw in the last couple of years. I've seen Alien. I've seen um, Batman, Tim Burton's. Oh, sweet. Um, so like I say, you know, it's good to see that they're doing something similar to yeah. us. Uh, they're probably copying us deep down. But, um, Trendsetters, Rob. Yeah, Trendsetters. possibly. But um, it's, I, I just hope, you know, even, even for people who work at cinemas, it can be worked out because people's livelihoods are at stake. So, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so I think that's everyone wanted to speak about this week, really, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, what did Jason recommend last week? Kill Command. Kill Command. If you watch Kill Command, let us know what you thought in the comments. Uh, I watched about 25 minutes, and then my son wanted to play Roblox, so I'll try and watch the rest of that at some point. Did you watch it on... Is it available on a... Um, it's, it's available online, that's all I can tell you, Rob. It's no, I'm really joking, I've got the DVD. No, I've got the DVD. It's available on Prime, probably. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had the DVD from ages ago and I started watching it. Uh, and this week I've got the honour of, uh, of recommending a film. So I'm going to go for, and I hope I don't butcher his name, but I think it's Josh Hasty. Uh, it's a film called uh, Candy Corn. It's a, a slasher film. It's really cool. It's very um, Rob Zombie, but not as shaky cammy. Yeah. Uh, not, I love Rob Zombie films, but I feel like I'm on a roller coaster while I'm watching them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, go watch that. The 19th will be our Christmas special. Uh, we'll talk about our favourite Christmas films. These, uh, the, these are going to be not kids' films. These are going to be adult, adult films. Christmas, yeah. Christmas. Not adult films like you might No, think. yeah, nothing, nothing too weird, yeah. yeah they're going to yeah. be, basically, they're going to be like, you know, the 15 plus movies. So uh, we will talk about them. And if you think you've got something that you want to say and you want to come on our podcast, 
You can find uh, me, or, me or Rob, I'm the Pope of Horror on Instagram. What's your Instagram, Rob? Robert19203. Yeah, just give us a DM, uh, slide into our DMs, if you will. You can uh, also, um, and, and if there's any film you would like us to talk about, please again comment below and we will look into it and we will try yeah. and put it on a future video for you. Definitely, because there's nothing I like more than talking about random films, especially ones I haven't seen. That's the, that's the thing about film conversations. When you talk about movies, you talk about it so much, like we're doing now. Um, <laughs> you end up talking about a film that you probably never heard of before, or whether, like Babe, Babe, I'm watching Babe, Pig movie anytime now. And when we watch those movies, like I say, you only sort of recollect these movies exist by talking about films, and that's the importance of it. Um, and yeah, it's always always fun to be here with everyone. Again, we've got the the lovely people behind the camera that do everything. Me and Rob just talk crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's good crap though. Interesting, <laughs> interesting crap to a certain degree, but if you could subscribe, that'd be fantastic. Cause it and will share. Help, yeah, and share, because it will help the channel and it will help, you know, just spread film love, basically, yeah. if, if, that's, if that's a word. <laughs> um, probably not use that word. But yeah, it'll help the channel and it'll help, um, you know, hopefully something wicked can be, um, we can bring more, sh more episodes like this for you. Thank you very much. Thank you.